and uh, obviously want to talk about edema primarily, but get into Julian Kay and your uh, your children, as I like to call them, slaves to humanity, and get your opinion on a couple of things. But let's start off with the uh, edema part and kind of the uh, the big question I had. Obviously, things have changed over the last couple of years and all the madness in the world. But I remember talking to Mike after you guys played the House of Blues of Anaheim, which was a killer show, and plan was to do the debut album in its entirety. And I'm kind of curious why you didn't celebrate that album on the 20th anniversary. Is that was that something that he was talking about? That's wild. I actually wasn't aware of that. Ah. I think that's an awesome idea. I didn't know that that was something that he was thinking of. Um, that is so funny. I think that's actually a really, really cool idea. And I would be happy to do it. I mean, you know, I'm not the singer that sang on that album, but I think I've really, really adopted that you know, first body of work from Edema because I think that I eat, sleep, and breathe it because I'm from Bakersfield. I grew up in the same clique with these guys. I get it. All of our music comes from the same place, so I'm able to do it really well. And I think people can tell with the new song, you know, Ready to Die, that, you know, we really, really do come from the same place. And those first two albums especially really resonated with me. Yeah, I mean, I, something I hope you guys would consider and because and, there's so many cool songs on there. And it's ironic because the one song I always want to hear as a, a fan, a deeper cut on the album is Drowning, which I know mm. I know for certain you can do based upon the scream in that tune and then the scream in the new tune, Ready to Die, which I absolutely love, man. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go back and listen to Drowning and the whole album and bring it up to the band because I think that you reminding me of that is that's such a good idea. I love that idea. If Orgy, you know, weren't, you know, so dysfunctional, I would say that the smartest thing for a band like Orgy would be for the original band to get together and play Candy Ass front to back. Oh, I'd love that. That would be like, that would be, yeah, I mean, we would be selling places out left and right. I mean, it'd be just incredible, but unfortunately, you know, the singer of Orgy does not uh, want to play with anyone else in the band. So that's probably a pipe dream. But, you know, with me being the singer of Edema, you know, they don't have to be subject to that kind of silliness. You know, I'm, I'm down to do the things that I think are going to make the fans stoked. You know, that's what we should be doing. Well, since that's not the plan at the moment, let's let's dig into the new music and certainly ready to die. Loving that tune. And, you know, it's funny. I remember during the pandemic, you guys were doing live streams and from the recording studio and you guys had all these like code names for tunes. And I'm going to put money on it that ready to die was originally one of those goofy names. Banana hammock. You know, it might have been banana hammock. Okay, the names that get put on this stuff are really bad. Uh, really bad. So it's like locker room talk with a bunch of guys. Right. So right. do not think that we aren't good people, but amongst <laughs> each other, we talk a lot of S. Often it will be a joke about someone that says like a wrong word like if there's a spooky part of a song it'll be like oh it's going down like a tunnel in the you know a rain tunnel and then someone will write oh yeah haha rape tunnel and then they'll put that as the name of the song <laughs> as a joke right and, and it shows up all over so you get everything from banana hammock to rape tunnel to <laughs> i mean there's even worse ones just just words that you would never ever put together ever <laughs> and they get like they become the code name for the song. And then Amir and I have to go in to the tracks and try to take all of that out. So it doesn't say that. <laughs> and I think that they think it's really funny and it kind of is. But, you know, we're like terrified when we see this. <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty funny. 
I don't know if Banana Hammock was ready to die. I'm not sure. But I know that the next single, I think the code name was, well, I don't want to say it again because I don't want anyone to think that that's the kind of stuff we say if we don't. What can you tell me about the new single? When is that coming? There's a lot in the air right now. We have some labels for, uh, or some offers from some major labels. Um, as you might know, we did uh, Ready to Die on my label framework, and we did a really good job. We've got hundreds of thousands of streams. We were added to many terrestrial radio stations. Video, the band didn't have a YouTube account five, six weeks ago, and the video is cruising in 100,000 views. It's bananas. I mean, the response was incredible. You know, it was a perfect song and we worked it perfectly to the best of our abilities as an indie, just individual guy, you know, doing it. And then we went on a, on a national tour. So it's all going really well, but we do have the ability to, to potentially sign a deal with a major label, which makes me want to wait a second before putting out the new single, you know, because we have a chance to really put some resources behind it. I think it's going to be better for the band. You know, it's not that I don't love being an indie and, and you know, I do and doing everything myself. That's cute. It's also an absolute overload for a lead singer that, you know, is the singer of two touring, well-known rock bands, you know, recording, putting out music. You know, I run all the marketing, the tour managing. I do the accounting. I do, you know, I do everything that a manager would do for a band. So if I could not have to be a label, that would be amazing. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the the holdout. It looks like the next single, it's called Violent Principles, and it's more melodic. You know, it was something I was going to wait on. I was going to release some heavy songs first, just to kind of show everyone like, hey, just in case you thought that I was going to be doing, you know, Julian K.2, we're not. Like, I don't think anyone realized that I could scream like that. I don't think anyone realized that I could do the things that I'm doing on those songs. And I don't know that people realize that edema is still a potent dangerous band. They are. And I wanted to show that. But everyone, including the labels that have heard what we've done, they're all like, you are out of your mind. Why aren't you releasing Violent Principles? Why aren't you releasing You Wanted This? Why aren't you releasing these other songs? And I told them what the strategy was. And they were like, you know, that's smart. But, you know, you're sitting on hit songs. So what are you doing? (laughs) So, you know, that's kind of that's percolating in my mind right now. You know, kind of do I do some fan service first? Or do I drop some bombs? And I don't know. I don't know that either one's wrong. And another interesting thing to think of is that even though I thought the heavy songs would be the right move in the beginning, Adima's biggest you know, successes have been melodic songs. You know, Giving In, The Way You Like It, and Immortal. Those are all very melodic songs without screaming. Yeah. You know, there's no screaming and stuff like that on them. So it's an interesting thing. You know, I told the guys that I felt that it should be very, very heavy in the beginning for sure. Just let the fans know that we didn't, and we're not wimping out on this. This is going to be edema, you know? And they brought up the fact that they were like, look, our biggest successes have been songs that are like melodic, almost to the Depeche Mode level. And I was like, oh my God, you guys are right. They're like, yeah, that's why we thought you'd be such a good singer for the band. You know, it's like, you seem, you can do all the heavy stuff, but you know, you're really good at melody. And I was like, oh man, you guys have a good point. (laughs) So we'll see, we'll see what we're going to do. You know, I don't know if you want to say it, but, I mean, do you have an album ready? Do you have 11 songs ready to go if, if the label, right label makes the right offer? We don't. Um, the strategy for Edema has never been to just put out a whole album at once. Both Edema and Julian K are starting to roll into the new model because streaming has changed the way that you have to do music and you have to release music. If you release an album all at once, it's mathematically proven that you essentially wasted the majority of the songs. If you release 
a good collection of singles, maybe over half the album, and then drop the album, you're going to get way, way more mileage out of the album. So we do have an album. We don't have all of it recorded. We have about seven or eight songs. About five of them are still kind of in the, you know, we're, we're still in pre-production, but we could play them live. And we've got, you know, three, four that are completely recorded, mastered, done, like ready to come out. But the idea is going to be to release you know, a good chunk of those as major singles with videos and do it very regularly, do it every month or every two months, you know, or somewhere in between. And then, you know, when people are super blown away by what's going on, then we'll drop the rest of the album with physical, with special packages and tracks, obviously, that are only on the album. But these days, you kind of need to, you need to figure out a way to play both games. Albums are not really what are selling. The business is being done in singles, you know, coming out regularly. So I think we're just going to try to split the difference and, and kind of give fans both, give them a great album with great packaging and, you know, create different versions of it and all this kind of stuff and tracks that are only on the album, but also keep dropping music all year long with great videos and great content and touring in between. So I think it's more exciting because, you know, bands typically go away for, a, you know, a, a lengthy period of time to write, do all this kind of stuff. Then they come out and they, they tour and they, you know, tour two singles come out and an album drops, right? And then they go away again. I kind of like the idea of dropping a Julian K song and a video and playing shows and then dropping an Edema song and video and going out on a tour, just dropping songs all year long for our fans. I think that sounds super cool. And then, of course, every five, six drops, then you get like a rad album. That just sounds kind of cool to me. Peppering your fans all year long rather than a lot all at once, you know, throwing a throwing yep. the wall at them. You know, speaking of, yep. of touring and stuff, uh, kudos to you guys. You just completed the tour with Flaw, and if I'm not mistaken, I didn't see any interruptions, cancellations, postponements, COVID, nothing. You guys made it through without any interruption, right? Yeah, well, we had one venue uh, canceled in Brooklyn, and that's because the, the regulations in New York they just made it to where they couldn't have a show. That was the only cancellation, and it was pretty much without a hitch. I mean, most people kind of knew it was coming. But yeah, we did it. We were really careful. You know, we tried to be, you know, careful and safe. Obviously, all of us are vaccinated. I'm not making a political statement. I'm just saying that we were vaccinated just because <laughs> we're going to travel around the country. You know, everyone put your guns away. I'm, I'm cool. You know, we were vaccinated. We wore masks as much as possible, and we just tried to play it safe. Of course, we went out and met fans and signed autographs and did all that kind of stuff. You know, a lot of times I'm known for just just straight up hugging fans because I don't care. I'm grateful that they're there. I'm grateful that they love me and I love them back. Well, this time we elbow bumped, you know what I mean? And we just kept it intelligent and yeah, we made it through. We made it through. I couldn't believe it, but I will tell you it's a different world out there right now from hotels to shows to everything. I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get depending on where in the country you are, but I'm super grateful that we put one foot forward into doing this again. And the fans were, you know, they were super grateful, you know, cause they're dying without live music. And, you know, I'm grateful that they came. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely been out to a bunch of shows and you can feel that it's palpable energy. Like after not having shows for so long, you can tell that everyone yeah. is pumped to be there just as much as the bands are. And just as much as we're looking forward to seeing Edema November the 4th at the Whiskey here in Hollywood and your old stomping ground, of course, been there a million times. I, I want to see the one of these days <laughs> with Edema. I want to see you throw on a guitar, a little three guitar attack, you know, Iron Maiden style or Foo Fighter style or Eagle yeah. style, right? I love love that you know it's pretty funny because i tell those guys when they you know they're like trying to figure out a guitar part or if someone has like a flub or something like that i always kind of wink at them and i go you know i'm the guitar player for orgy and i can play all of your parts 
<laughs> they start laughing. I'm like, you forget, dude. I'm like the singer of the band. I used to be known as an accomplished guitar player. Like, and I play a seven string. So you guys can't hide. <laughs> you know? I think that'd be super fun. I, what's cool about Edema is I'm in a band with like two amazing guitar players. You know, Mike and Tim are powerhouses. And normally I have to do, you know, Amir and I do it in Orgy and Julian Can Dead by Sunrise. So it's really nice to know that I can, you know, if we're writing, I can write parts. Really, I can just tell them what I'm looking for. And it happens. And it happens in a way that I wouldn't have thought of because they're both, they're both powerhouses. And I love that. It's such a fun thing for me. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. And I'm sure that there's a shorthand, too, that you have being a guitar player. You, you speak the language, so to speak. You can, you can convey your ideas, I imagine, a lot quicker to those guys than the average singer could. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's totally true. We definitely speak the same language. And, you know, if there's complexities or issues or things to be solved, I also, you know, we do speak the same language. And I can offer, you know, I think insight that maybe another singer for the band maybe couldn't offer because they don't have the experience of, you know, performing live in front of thousands of people every single night for, you know, 250 days in a row, you know, like all of us do. I just think it gives a a greater depth to, you know, the bond that we can have and the problem solving and the creativity that can occur. Absolutely. And I forgot to check who, who, uh, who all is on the bill. You guys aren't bringing anyone on that show for the whiskey? For the whiskey, there are other bands. There's a good friend of mine's band named uh, 223. His name's Jay. He's a super, super cool guy. Um, they're one of the openers. There's typically a group of openers um, at the whiskey. I'm trying to get our fellow Framework uh, uh, brothers, uh, Human, on the bill, but I haven't heard back whether or not that's going to happen. And that's Wes Gear from Head PE and Corn. That's his new band, and they are amazing. And they had a lot of success on our label. And uh, they're actually going to be playing with Julian K at the uh, Tiki Room. So we actually have Julian K shows the second weekend of November and Edema shows in Southern California on the first weekend of November. We have the Whiskey and the Tiki Bar, Costa Mesa. Man, you're the hardest working guy out there, or one of them for sure. Because, yeah, you you mentioned it too. I I saw the Julian K date at the Whiskey just 10 days later. Going to be there on November the 14th with Julian K and loved Harmonic Disruptor. And where are we at with Julian K? New music coming? Like you said, more singles coming, right? Yeah, we have another single coming. We just released a single with our bud Brandon Smith from The Annex, who is honestly having a very successful career of his own. We connected with him and kind of we're kind of simpatico. We did this concept that I came up with called Alternate Universe. And in the Alternate Universe, Julian Kay merges with our favorite bands. So we did a collaboration with The Birthday Massacre. We did one with The Annex. We did with Aesthetic Perfection. We did one with Lords of the Lost. Well, the first one we released was with The Annex. It is called Your Lies Are Like Fire. And it's basically a collaborative redo of Lies Like Fire, which is on Harmonic Disruptor. And the song absolutely blew up, just like uh, Ready to Die for Edema. I mean, we got, you know, tens of thousands of views within like, you know, two or three days. It's up in the hundreds of thousands of uh, views now. The video is a wild success. It's very, very cool. It went so well that we're now going to be doing more stuff together. We have another single coming out that's an original single that's going to be a precursor to our new album, Trauma Echoes. And we did that as well with the Annex. So it's actually really, really cool. Uh, We're actually going to be uh, doing a very special collaborative 
performance as well at these November shows with Julian Kay, and that's going to be with the Annex. <laughs> so we're really just doing some really cool stuff in that band, you know, not afraid to, you know, collaborate with other people and create innovative new ways to uh, to, to put out content and music. And uh, it's just been fantastic. Our Patreon is, you know, killing it. Um, we do content every weekend. We do interviews. We do masterclass song breakdowns. We do live um, acoustic performances. It's like our own TV show. It's fantastic. And people subscribe and then they watch us every weekend and participate in like live Zoom sessions with us and all this kind of stuff. So what's going to happen moving forward with Julian K? You know, I think it's just going to keep growing into this uh, incredibly unique monster. And we're going to start helping this kind of stuff splash into the edema world, live events and, you know, experiences and stuff like that. And not just being a band that just creates singles and, and plays concerts. You know what I mean? I think that COVID taught us anything. It is that we have to have a regular ongoing relationship with our fans and we need to have a conversation going with our fans. And you have so much technology now to allow that. My mission is going to be to get both my bands to be leaders in that and then to teach other bands how we're doing it and how to make money doing it. I love it. I love it. And speaking of teaching other bands and, and uh, I referred to them earlier, your kids love Slaves to Humanity and uh, the new single, The Start. Imagine the same same thing going on with them, going to keep dropping these singles as time goes on. Slaves to Humanity has everything going for them right now. We just finished a collection of songs with them, a new collection of songs. These guys have virtually an entire fantastic album with multiple singles almost done. You know, Amir and I have, you know, produced a bunch of stuff for them. They're, by the way, playing a show this evening, and I'm getting dressed as I'm talking to you <laughs> to go see them tonight. And there's going to be a bunch of record labels there because the boys are hot. They've got real heat. They've got real talent. It's not a joke. They're very real. We signed them to a, a very uh, well-respected management company, old friends of mine in Amir's, you know, 25-year friends of mine in Amir's. And, you know, it's all family and they've got the right team now. I just know that, you know, there's going to be a time soon when I'm opening for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm going to be happy about it. They're, they're fantastic. Those kids are awesome. And if they're this good at this age, you know, a lot of them are under 18, under 17. What, what's going to happen when they're like 21? It's just incredible. Uh, yeah, I love it. I mean, Aiden's got a great voice, and I'm blanking on the guitar player's name, but that guy can shred, dude. He's got oh, he's got magic in those fingers. That's that's next level guitar playing. I don't even know if he knows how they're, good he is. They're just prodigies, you know. And it's it, I think the most special thing for Amir and I is that you know we're not spring chickens. We've been doing this for a long time, and I'm I'm grateful that I can still hold my own with a lot of these kids. But it's kind of rad to work with people this young that are this good and you know, have to hold the table with them. You know what I mean? To have to hold the fire with them and be able to bring it, you know, at that level, at that young, you know, explosive energy level. I think it helps us out a lot. You know what I mean? I, I think it's a special thing. And, and it, it certainly makes me have some hope about how I might be able to be involved in music, you know, over the next, I don't know, let's say 15, 16, 17 years from now when I'm having a little bit more trouble moving around. <laughs> you know, right now I'm, I'm athletic. You know, I train in a, with a, grueling trainer and I do jujitsu every day and I, I do a lot of cool stuff, but you know, what's 20 years going to look like and how will I still be able to stay involved in music and helping move the narrative? I think that Slaves of Humanity is 
a good example of how we might be able to help young people kick ass. And not only that, you know, we've been through it all. You know, we've been through it all. You know, and I recently checked out a rehab, did, you know, 80 plus days, you know, getting my, my demons, you know, at least understood. And um, I think that I can really help other people understand, you know, what this stuff can do to you if you don't keep your head, you know, head on straight and, you know, manage your expectations correctly and, you know, just understand that you got to have a fire, but it can also burn you alive. That's all really cool, valuable stuff that I want to give to these, these, these kids, you know, I want to be there for them when these things start to encroach, you know, I think it's, I think it's pretty rad. Yeah, I love it. I love the the synergy of it all and, and what you've created and this little family that you've brewed here and it, it's cool to hear how the kids excite you and I'm sure they're just excited to be you know around you and to, to glean all the uh, wisdom that you have and at the same time they're keeping you on your toes playing and keeping you young and fresh and on top of things too so it's really really cool synergy to hear and see and dude I appreciate all the time I just got one last thing I gotta hit you we've been talking so much about the future now we're gonna go back to the past you being a guitar player especially I'm sure you went through the phase of Metallica because you're going to be part of mandatory Metallica. We're one of those old school radio stations. We still do Metallica 10 o'clock worship at the altar. I'm sure starting off as a kid learning riffs, I'm sure you went through a Metallica phase for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. That for me is like a force of nature. That is just a big, big deal to me. When I heard that music, it just, it just turned my head upside down. I mean, I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't believe it. You know, I just couldn't believe that four guys could get together and make something like that. Something that just ripped your head off. And at the time when they came out, they didn't seem like these unapproachable rock stars that they are now. And by the way, I'm not saying they're jerks. I'm just saying they're so big, you know, but back then they seemed like guys that would have gone to my high school. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? And it's just, it's just outstanding. You know what I mean? It's just outstanding. Yeah. And it's crazy. I've been tripping on the fact that the black album turned 30 years old this year. Like inner Sandman is now 30 years old. And that, that seems like newer Metallica still. To me, I can remember getting that album. I remember where I was. I remember what stereo I listened to. And I listened to it on. I remember sitting in my room and making special time to sit down and study the album. I remember all of it. It's just so crazy. Not only that, but, but, um, and Justice for All, that was like a, to me, and Justice for All was like a, I don't know, it was like a university class. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there was so much going on in that, that it just, I had to sit down and go to school. And I learned every part of that album. I learned every guitar part. And I mean, it was just incredible. You know, the the producer guy in you, though, did, didn't bug you the lack of bass on that album? <laughs> I didn't know better back then. Yeah, none of us knew back then. But now looking back, it is yeah. kind of, you are kind of missing it a little bit. Well, just to have some fun to wrap it up, pick a Metallica song for us to play for you for Mandatory Metallica. Fade to Black, man. Oh, going way old school, going back to Ride the Lightning. I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fade to Black, that song just kicked my ass. I was like, okay, really? All right. I still play that riff <laughs> all the time. I still play it. Every time I pick up a guitar to see if it sounds good, I play that riff. The, the beginning piece or like the heavier part? Both. Both the beginning part, the acoustic part, and then the all of it. Beautiful man, thank you so much for the time. Have a blast out there at the show, and uh, I'd love to see you at the uh, whiskey show. I'll be out there for that, bro. Please let me know. Um, I'd love to see you. I'll put you on the list. Whatever it is you want, you still yeah. have my number. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, uh, text me, and I'll give it to you. And uh, thank you so much for all the support. And we all love love you to death. Thank we- you. 
Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming on live at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.